Welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. On this episode, Louie and I check out the brand new dual position player editions and all the hottest topics ahead of round six. Plus, we answer your listener questions. Remember to leave a rating and review for the show on iTunes, but shh, listen up, because it's time for the pod pod. Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of The Point of Difference, AFL Fantasy Podcast, The Pod Pod. I'm Doss and I'm here with Louie as always. Welcome, Louie. Thanks, Dossie. How you going today, mate? Um, not too great after my weekend of fantasy footy, it must be said. It was a disastrous round for me, but I'm going okay. It's a bit chilly in Adelaide, actually. It's getting to that point of the year where it's starting to get nice and icy here and I'm trying to warm myself up, Louie, in the, in the ludio here. But, uh, gee, tough round, tough round of fantasy footy. Yeah, there's a little bit of carnage across the round. A uh, lot of injuries this far up until this season. So, uh, I don't know what to do about that at the moment, Doss, because I've had seven forced changes since the game began. Yep, and I think a lot of people are in your situation as you well. You can't do anything about it, nah, can you? Nah, absolutely not. But uh, how'd you go in this round, though? Did you manage an okay score or were you in the same situation as me and just a rancid round of footy? Well, I had an okay score. I'd certainly bounced back from last week, which was just abysmal. I've uh, had a 19-16, which is probably okay. I think that's maybe about par. i come up a few ranks this week, but- yeah. uh, yeah, off the back of um, Jordan Degoe's three, could have been a little bit nicer too. What about you, Dossie? <sighs> Louis, it was a rough round for me, okay? So, I not only took that Jordan Degoe three that we both suffered, unfortunately, but Louis, I've brought something, uh, somewhat of a snack for our, our podcast tonight. Okay. And uh, I, I want you to let the listeners know <laughs> what, I, what I've brought along to, to for us to snack on. Because, okay, yeah. Because Louis- I ate my first doughy on the weekend. You did? And did it have sprinkles as well? It it, it, it had Clark-flavoured <laughs> Clark sprinkles there on, on the donut. Dossie um, with the props. I, I like it. I only scored 18-16 uh, with a Dugowie 3 and a Clark's, uh, Clark 0. So, I had the I had the issue of Highmore not being named, obviously. We knew that on Thursday last week. But then I was ho- – well, and I also had Caleb Daniels. So, I just had to rely – I wanted to just bring in Maxi Gorn, which I did and I was happy with, but I had to rely on Clark playing. And he obviously got the uh, the late green dot coming into the yeah, team. Yeah, and he almost come in too. He almost come in, but they were like, you know what? No, nah, let's just leave him off. And, uh, you know, I, I, even though some people didn't want him to come on for the cash loss, I was just like, ah, just bring him on and score <laughs> me a few points and get me up so the ranks a bit. But no. who, who was the cover? Obviously, there was no cover, but no. who was there? So, yeah, it was Highmore and Caleb Daniel who I held. So, that's who I had. So, who, who was on your bench in the midfield? In the midfield? Oh, oh was it Jordan Clark was in your defence, was he? Line. Okay, yeah, yeah right. So, it, yep. was, it, was a, it was a donut in defence. But you've got Caleb Daniel. Yes, I do. So and, you've got, and you've got Max Gorn now. Yes. It's not a bad score for, for a cop in a donut, Dossie. It's 50 points better than me last week, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take it, especially with the Dugowie. Um, But, gee, I mean, we can start with our nailed it, failed it. I want to start with failed it. It's just so obvious. The donut, for starters, for me, of course. I might just take a bite of my donut uh, <laughs> while we're at it. I'm going to take a- 
delicious delicious bite right here but what do you why don't you go through your failed at mine and yours I think are the same here yeah Jordan Degoe yep pretty much so um Jordan Degoe come out with mm. the three uh obviously could not find the footy in the first quarter copped a little knock to the schnoz mm. came back on ground got a touch and the doctors decided oh something's not right with Jordan Degoe he's found the footy <laughs> we better bring him back off and give him a concussion test so they did that and he was concussed so yeah, that was a failed it. Uh, it was a, it's been a failed it for four weeks now. He just needed to be traded out after week two. A lot of coaches held, especially with the circumstances this week regarding Taylor Adams. And we got burnt. And on top of that, just to sink the boot in, he didn't actually receive midfield eligibility. So, yeah, so you can't even switch him around or even- Yeah, it's, it's just such a tough spot to be in. Even all these other guys have got the mid-forward status and now we're stuck with the go as a pure forward. You can't even sort of rotate things around and maybe get- his score off and hold him for a week or uh, it's it's a tough life. Disgusting. And yep. he, so, I think he dropped about 60K this week. Yeah. And now uh, the first rookie as well, Errol Goulden, has surpassed him in price as well. There by, you go. By 7,000. So, he's now officially uh, rookie priced, Jordan Degoe. Jordan Degoe would do anything to be like Errol Goulden. Yeah, <laughs> he would give he everything. Would. Do it. Do, this is a question maybe for a bit later, but we might as well just touch on it now. Are you going to hold- or fold Jordan Degoe. I know we've got the week off, so that probably makes it a little bit easier. But we, I held Caleb Daniel, and now I'm happy that I did. It's a bit of a different situation because Caleb Daniel has actually been scoring apart from his one poor score. Uh, You're folding Jordan Degoe at this stage? I'm definitely folding because he's at a price range now where there's enough fat on the bone. I know this is a guy that we picked to be a keeper and premium and what have you, but there is still enough fat on the bone there to create opportunity to actually get a jump on the rest of the competition this week. So, if you can bring in a, let's say, Josh Kelly as the example, which I tweeted out during the week, then all of a sudden you've got Josh Kelly one, two, three weeks before everybody else while they're still getting rookies off their ground. So, you can make up points there. That's what I want to do with Jordan Degoe because based on what we've seen, why would you hold him? Yeah. 44 and a three. Yeah. Yes, one of them was injured. I think I think if you've got holes on your, on your bench, like if you've got a Hunter or a Meek or a Dow, people like that, even a Highmore, if he doesn't get named this week, he, he had a really good game in the VFL, so you'd hope he gets named. But if you've got guys like these and they're just going to be red dots on your bench- and you know is at least best 22. That's something that we can guarantee. Well, you'd hope so anyway. <laughs> On his money, we know what he's that he's going to be in the best team and he's going to play. So, why don't we just hold him for a week and try and fix up these guaranteed red dots into the future? And then at least he's actually got a nice schedule coming back too. So, I think his first two games back might be Gold Coast North, um, which is two nice matchups. Surely he can give us some return there. And then we've also got ahead of the competition in another way by fixing those rookies on the bench. Look, looking through it from um, my sort of scope of things, uh, I've had seven false changes. So, that's ridiculous up until this point. There's no guarantee that after- if Jordan Degoe returns, scores a 60, there's no guarantee I'm ever going to get him out of my side. Certainly not at- what is price that unless I'm going down or significantly up. So, look, I'd rather cut my losses. Uh, it's clear to me that Jordan Degoe is not playing midfield, especially with Finlay McRae in that side now. He pretty much spent his whole last quarter in that midfield and looked fantastic. So, look, if I'm Collingwood, um, yeah, he, he, I think he's going to continue to play the role he is, especially after returning from injury. 
Yeah, uh, it's a shame. Uh, what about what about a situation the opposite end of the spectrum? Because only ten percent of the comp own a Dugowie. Um What about the Ridley injury as well? Like just touching on that really quickly. You hold a guy like him because he's actually a premium, right? Yeah, so do you know how many weeks he's missing, Doss? Well, I think it was just concussion, so it should just be the one week, you'd so imagine. So, one to two, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, certainly I would hold Ridley. Um, I assume most coaches didn't start with Ridley. He was extremely unique to begin with. So, um, if you trade him out now, essentially you've used two, maybe three trades if you bring him back in within five rounds of football. That doesn't seem efficient to me. No. All right, let's get on to our nailed it, Louis, for the week. And who, who did well for you this week? Who was your nailed it for the week? My nailed it was Max Gorn on debut. Yep. So, uh, I think he scored 131, was my captain straight off the bat. And, uh, gee, it's good when you can trade in players and you get immediate reward, isn't it? Oh, it's it's beautiful. I did the same thing. But I'm going to give a bit of love to the Bont, who has been sitting in my team for a few weeks, uh, not doing a whole heap. But he came out for me as well. And, gee, he was looking like he was he was matching Dunkley for a while there. Both of them gone for nearly the double century. I think Dunkley, if he was in my team, might have uh, might have got that uh, – the nailed it for this week. He's in your squad too. He bit, is in my stiff squad. Not to get the, he, he is stiff and it's uh, partly due to my own failures. <laughs> I fell asleep and didn't realise that the V was not on Josh oh, Dunkley. No. It was, in fact, on Zach Merritt yep. and the loophole I had played during that game. So, major oversight – um, too sleepy, sleepy yep. low. Understandable. Uh, Gold Coast, uh, 133 on Gold Coast was the bond. So, he's my nailed it. Now, Louis, new DPPs drop, which is the big news for the weeks. A lot of juicy, juicy options for us. And to go through, and we're going to go through the, the relevant ones a bit differently. We're going to introduce the segment from last week, which was popular with the listeners in the DPP special edition of The Tempt or Trap. And this is the tempt or trap where we're talking about players if they're tempting or if they're more of a trap. And we're going through the new DPP additions, the dual position player. These players have added defender status. We'll start in the defensive line. First one off the bat here, Dyson Heppel, 500... Oh, yes, 586K uh, defender eligible now and yep. attempted. Seriously cheap, 586K, notoriously a 90-plus guy, 100-plus uh, when he plays midfield, but at the halfback role, I think he's averaging, I think he's gone 85, 85, 85 just about in his three games. So, it's still a concern about his body, but um, if that's a concern for you, you can't trade him in in general because yep. it, yeah. it, the- the risk is increased every single game that goes past <laughs> if you think he's an injury-prone yeah. player. So, yeah, Dyson Heppel, 586K mid-defender. Uh, he's someone you can probably get up to from Jordan Clark or Jordan yeah, Dugowie yeah. this week. It's not too hard to and get he, there. I think he's going to be a top six to top ten defender, which Ooh, is more than enough yeah. to be a keeper in your side. So, Dyson Heppel, massive tempt. And he's a guy I started brought with. Him in this week too. So annoyed I started with him and then- Traded him out because he was out for a week, and then it sounded like he might have. You know, you never know with him. Yeah, I it was a back injury out for a while, yeah. and then he came back the next week. And he's been well, the fine. messaging was loose. It was mm. I'm not sure when he's going to be yeah. back. And then so, he's back. so panic station. If you are going to bring him in, though, this week is the perfect week to do it as well, given the price and the matchup. Collingwood. Without Jordan Ridley, he's versing the oh, easiest I'm, team I'm in the I'm glad you picked up on that, Doss. I forgot he had Collingwood this week. Yeah. Oh, 
So tempting. Oh, yeah. All right. Next player on the new DPPs is Jack Zebel. Tempt or trap? He's $735,000 now getting up there, but he's a forward defender now. So, he is a tempt, but right now you are paying a lot for Jack Zebel. So, um, look, a lot of coaches decided, okay, yep, Ridley's worth paying up for. Jack Bowes is worth paying up for at his price. Uh, I've got no problems with paying up for Jack Zebel, mm. but personally, I think that um, it's a trap at his price now. He was a great selection two or three weeks ago, and really, we probably should have seen the writing on the wall. What a blessed run he's had to start this season in his role, though. So, he starts as the defender, the new, the new kick-out defender for North Melbourne, running around loose in the back line. The Luke McDonald role of last year, Luke McDonald comes back to take that role for five minutes- and then he's out. And then Aaron Hall starts looking like, oh, maybe he's going to steal a few points off Zebel. He gets injured straight away. Zebel's just back there racking up game to game. Um, it's He's hemorrhaging. You know, if you're not having him at the moment, he's one of those players that's, that kind of kills you. But luckily, not much of the comp owns him right now. Do you think that's going to change? Or do you think he's kind of awkwardly priced that people are going to be off him? And is he therefore a nice pod pod? Pod, pod, pod. He's definitely a pod, pod, but I think he fits the mould of like your Jared Lyons types where they actually are really good fantasy players, but they're just not a sexy pick. Mm. So, I think Zebel falls into that category. I'm not going to try and convince anyone not to pick him because with forward and defensive status, that's fantastic. And based on what he's been going at so far, he's pretty much got a mortgage on kick-ins. Yeah. He's a really good option. I just don't want to pay that much for Jack Zebel, and that's why I think it's a trap. Nick Hind, is he still worth it? 556000 He's a forward defender now. Probably good for owners that have him. I'm thinking more on the trap side in terms of if you don't have him. At that price now, you can go up. 30k and find a keeper in defence and that being Zach Williams. So, I think that Nick Hind is now a pass. You're still high on Zach Williams. I am still high on Zach Williams, certainly. Okay. He hasn't shown much yet for us yet. in the fantasy arena. Yet, but right now is right now at his price, he reflects total upside and based on his role, which is there, mm. certainly, he's yeah. attending centre bounces. It only takes one week to click and if you miss that well, yes, right now you're copping, you know, a few 80s, which isn't great. But if you get that 120 yeah. off the bat, the rest of the competition is going to follow. So, if you can snare that 120 and move on and yeah. improve your side elsewhere before the rest of the competition, this is what it's about. Yeah. I've got to agree, though. In terms of Hind versus Williams, I'm taking Williams. One's a keeper. Yeah. And I think that's something coaches have to be really um, switched on about is, can this guy actually be someone that I'm happy carrying at the end of the year? Mm. And I, I think Hind was one that you're happy you started with, but yeah, don't chase him now, uh, even at that price. It's still cheapish, but yeah, not for me. Jarman Impey, similar sort of situation perhaps, but he's actually been pumping out some really nice scores. He's now available as a defender, as a forward defender. Um, probably missed the boat on on Impey there at his price. Louis. Yeah, probably missed the boat. Um, his scoring is actually really surprising me. Um, I don't really know what to make of it. I know that Impies are very good. Hawthorne's backline just they share the ball around defender. a bit. They share the ball around a they bit. They do, and they they are more than what they have in previous years too, which is why we're seeing blokes like CJ and and um, Hardwick and all that mm, sort of popping scrimmy, up. Scrimmy, scrimmy for a hundred hundred plus. Day was playing well beforehand, so yeah, he he suits the team. 
another one, though, that's probably just not very much of a sexy pick. And I do worry that Jarman Impey is one game away from locking down on a small forward because he's very okay. capable of that. Yeah. Uh, another couple of- So, that's a trap for Impey then. And then I guess this next one's certainly a trap for me. Bailey Dale, uh, he's got defensive status. Just wanted to throw a few in there that aren't tempting. Uh, maybe a trap there because Caleb Daniel out. He tunned up with Caleb Daniel out of the side. Playing a much better role on half back is Bailey Dale, but he's certainly just a draft option and trap for classic. First of all, how much does Bailey Dale uh, look like Jackson McRae when you're watching a dog's game? Oh, they yeah. run the same. They're it's the thin. Kick, They've both I think, got ones, well. the kick. Yeah, a little bit of everything, but uh, he's no Jackson McRae, that's for sure. Bailey Dale's a trap, 550K. He's a great role player. He's a really good football player. Yeah. But he's not a fantasy player. Yeah, and he's mu- yeah, he's much better in that role. So draft watch there. Uh Aaron Hall went healthy in brackets here because Aaron Hall got injured on the weekend again. He's had started two- well. Yeah, he did. He started really well. That's two games now. Aaron Hall's he he had the sub, so he had like a five percent game where he scored well, five percent time on ground. And now he's had another one quarter game where it was just it was an unlucky concussion. Mitch Duncan went to smother and jumped up and landed right on his head. Um, so, Aaron Hall, I think when he is back, he's so tempting. He's become an option again because I'm assuming his break even is going to be extremely high yeah. based off of that score. So, uh, 538K currently, I can see that dropping the good well thing below is, The good thing is we can give him a week to see if that role That's is still it. there yep. in the back line. So, he's a perfect wait and see option. And, and with forward and defender status, you'd probably want him up forward, I'd, I'd suggest. Um in that defensive role that he was playing next to Zeeble. So, him and Zeeble were just kind of commanding that back line, chipping it together, and it's a very juicy role. So, Aaron Hall for me is also tempting. Um, I'm not doing attempt or trap for the guys that have added midfield. We, we know that they're, you know, the Jack Crisps and stuff. That's just added flexibility. Makes them relevant it, it in makes a lot of cases. But to be able yeah. to switch around, but it's not something you, you're not going to bring Jack Crisp into your midfield unless you've sort of got to do that based on structure. Based on rookies and stuff. Um, yep. So we'll skip right past that. But players that have added forwards, oh, I just want to mention though, Chrissy Burgess, he added the ruck status. <laughs> he got it. He got it. Yeah. Was that three games that he played in the yeah, end? And yep. he scored a nice uh, 30, I think, on the yeah, weekend. I think so that's about what Chris Burgess Just a does. shout out, a favourite of the pod pod, uh, Chrissy Burgess. Uh, might be time. Uh, he might be on the chopping block, unfortunately, for the Suns, who aren't performing well under Stewie Jew. No, nah, they'll swing the axe this week. So um, Fiorini in the VFL racking up 140s. Did he really? He did. Huge yeah. score. Well, and in the VFL does, now, um, I've, I've told Hef to mention it on the Keep Leg pod because it's more Keep Leg relevant at the moment. But uh, Fiorini just back to his racking up ways. And now that it's the VFL, you can't say it's just a needful competition. Yeah, okay. He's doing it in. How old is he now, Fiorini? 24, 23. Shit, is that, is that He's all? He's very young. Wow. Just okay. being benched by you. Hashtag Stewie Jew out. Uh, now, these are the guys that have added forward status, tempt or trap. Josh Kelly. Massive six tempt. 699K mid forward now. Huge Wowie. tempt. Huge tempt. Josh Kelly is a forward. Uh, has that even happened before? Uh, he's a 115 so. averaging player yeah. at his best. You wouldn't jump on this week, though. Well, you were saying before, maybe get ahead of the curve. Well, you can, but uh, 120 break even. Yeah. Price you can at wait. 700K. I think like, I said on the pod last week, Doss, Josh Kelly actually hasn't shown enough to no. be well, an upgraded target got- to a discounted premium. He's got the status for a reason. He's not playing in the juicy midfield role where he scores That's it. well. That's it. So, so, 
you don't have to go pick him up. Just because Josh Kelly's got forward status doesn't mean it's the Josh Kelly we know and love being a 110-plus guy. But what you can look at is that he's averaging 87, which is knocking on the door of being a top six forward most years. Mm. And he's a guy that I think from now on probably averages 105. Yeah, this the upside, just isn't the maintainable there. by Josh Kelly. So, I think massive tempt. You can do it this week, but he's going to have to be in your side by the end of this year. And do you what do you what do you buy into the fact that why is he playing for? Do you think there is something going on or do you just think it's purely structural? I've identified the exact problem actually, Doss. I've been <laughs> thinking about this for a few weeks now. Yeah. Uh, the data has definitely presented itself. Yep. And I've come to this conclusion. Yeah. Leon Cameron's not a good coach. Okay. He's yeah. not a good coach. All right. That, that sorts it out then. Uh, Nat Fife, $11,000 cheaper than Josh Kelly, now available as a forward. Very juicy option. Tempt a trap. Tempt. So, he's the guy this week you probably go over Josh Kelly just based on that 90 break even. So, he's probably bottomed out at 688K. We know what Nat Fife does. We do, he's a 105 guy. Uh, he's a 90 guy when he plays forward. He still attends stoppages. He still goes into the guts. He still gets that rotation. So, I think Nat Fife is the safest forward pick this week, probably. And in and unlike past years, they've got uh, North Melbourne this weekend. He averages 111 against them. They don't roll out taggers these days either. And that's a capable North across his career. So, we're not yeah. actually talking about 2021 North. What can he no. do versus them? Yeah, it's going to be big. Uh, West Coast the week after where he, he tons and up against them with that 90 well. break even, by the way, if Nat Fife does, for whatever reason, go 130 this week versus North, you've got one more week before he's out of reach, most likely, unless you've got a bit of cash sitting there. So, yeah, I really like Nat Fife this week. He averages tons against every team except two um, before his buy as well. So, Yep, very tempting there. Didn't work well for Steel Side Bottom. That no, one. no. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jack Billings at 700,000. He's now got forward status as well. What do you think there? Tempt a trap for Jack Billings? Uh, Billings is a trap these days, I think. He's what got do you a think? huge ceiling. Is he does. My thing. He's got a um, massive ceiling. But just Saints at the moment the does problem. He, how does he fit in now? He's got Hanabry. I know he's not fit at the moment, but now there's Ross in back in there. There's Crouch. There's Steel. Yeah. Uh, Jones runs through there quite a bit. Jack Higgins has been earmarked for that role as well. I just don't see how Jack Billings he he was extremely relevant when Saints weren't relevant. And I think there's been mm. a bit of a switch now. Yeah, Billings for me, I always love the way he goes about it. And I actually he's just one of my I've got a soft spot for Billings. I, I do like the way he plays. Um sort of a bit gaff like in the way he, he certainly demands the pill. Uh, quite a bit when he's out on the on his own, sort of a bit of that observable thirst factor about Jack Billings. Um, he's been scoring well, as you said, where when the Saints were kind of struggling a bit early in the season. But uh, gee, yeah, fifty seven on the weekend. He scored in the not. He scored over hundred twice this year already. Not many forwards are doing that. I just think he's one that I am tempted by, but. I'm wary at the moment. With 130 break-even, you're definitely waiting a couple of weeks for Billings. That's a very good point, Doss. Um, what Jack Billings is capable of as a floor is a lot better than what a lot of the other forwards are capable of as a floor. So, And as we just said, his ceiling is up there with the best of them. So, yeah, I've probably gone a bit early in saying that, no, he's, he's not relevant. I think Jack Billings finds a bit of form. Yes, he's a top six forward. Right now, he's a trap, but- 
Yeah, you've swayed me a bit there, Doss. Let's go. Let's shoot through these last four yep. on the Tempter Traps. Uh, Lockie Hunter, Tempter Trap. Uh, Tempt in a few weeks. Just want to see a bit better scoring from him. Tim English, uh, ruck forward now. Still attempt. Uh, based on what we've seen Tim English can do, he knocks Thought he on the door. would go big, didn't we, against I Gold did, Coast? But uh, he knocks on the door as being a top six forward now. So, uh, if you've got that Matty Flynn, Paul Hunter- um, you got that rookie R two, then yeah, maybe Tim English is someone where this is. Let's let's go into it actually, Doss. Okay. This week, if you don't have a set and forget ruck structure, ideally you want Matt Flynn on the field because he's averaging eighty three. Yeah, and he's likely to play. He's from likely what we've to play. He's Leon. fresh. Uh, he's the best of the rookies at, up until this point. Mm. Granted, he's missed a couple of games. So if you can get him on field. And then put English in your forward line, and let's let's use Braden Campbell as an example. Get him off the field, who's going at thereabouts forty five. Instantly, you improve your side by you know forty points just based on rookie roulette potentially. So, mm. I really like Tim English's flexibility over the next few weeks, and especially during his buy rounds. All right, that's an interesting take. I actually the next guy. I'm tempted by this guy. No, yes, I am at seventy thousand cheaper. You can talk about him, Sean Darcy, getting forward status. He's looked, gee, I I think I was on the keeper league pod a couple of weeks ago with Hef, and I was talking from a keeper perspective. Sean Darcy looks a lot fitter, a lot better, and ready to take that next step that we have thought is in him for quite some time. He was in the same conversations as your Tim Englishes a few years ago. And he sort of dropped off and it was the injuries just kept holding him back. He's looking so fit and firing at the moment. Now that they've dumped Meek, he's back in the ruck playing a lot, you know, playing a lot more ruck because they're using him, using Lob more as the chop out. He's now pure ruck moving forward and he's a damaging forward when he moves forward. I really like him, especially after tunning up on the weekend. He's got North this week, who North have been allowing a few nice scores against them from the rucks. Forward status is just so juicy for for a ruck eligible player, and I don't I don't see the reason why we're talking about English. He's playing a lot more forward. He is actually just genuinely playing forward. I think Darcy now moves back into the ruck a fair bit. He's maybe even more tempting to me than English. Fortunately, what we've seen from Sean Darcy is that his floor is extremely low. So when he doesn't get on the end of some of those good games, he he does dish up a 45. And you could make the case for English, and I'm sure he's done that as well. I just think that Sean Darcy in a poor side, Fremantle, they're probably they're up, they're bottom, coming up. bottom six to eight, I think. Ooh, be cool. Look, I, I, I just prefer English. Um, at the end of the day, I can see Tim English being a top six forward. I can't see Sean Darcy doing that. Yeah, I might be on the other side. Although- That's okay. That's- there's, there's relevant points for both. Yeah. Uh, Lockie Weller, last one quickly. Tempt or trap? Uh, That's an interesting one, to be honest. It's a trap. It is. It is. But it's an interesting one to get that forward status. Obviously, moved off the wing a bit there, uh, according to Champion Data. Um, we've also got that flexibility now with Errol Goulden and Tom Powell gaining the forward status. So, that's really handy for our trades as well. Yeah, I was surprised by Tom Powell, to be honest. Mm, but uh, no, fantastic to have them in the forward line. And we can start picking- some of these midfield rookies, once they appear, because they're going to be the ones that score well, and we can still carry your Errol Gordons, your Tom Powers for a few more weeks. Yep, a massive addition of Temple Trap with the new DPPs. We hope you enjoyed that. But now it's time for everyone's favourite segment, Dossie's Dilemma. (laughs) 
Dossie's dilemma for the week, Louis. I want to talk about buy round planning. Oh, and it's no. my Dossie's dilemma because I'm not a sophisticated fantasy coach like yourself, Louis, or like the statesmen of the world. I, you know, it's it's hard enough for me to trade week to week as it is. Now I'm starting to have to think about buy rounds because after round six, we'll be past the quarterway point of the fantasy season here and the footy season. Is it time to really start planning ahead with our trades and looking towards the buyers that start in round 12? So, only six rounds away from them, you know, really impacting our teams. We haven't really spoken much about the buyers on this podcast yet. I just want to know your buy round philosophy in general and just what, you know, am I, is it time to start really thinking about this in our trades? Okay. So, first of all, have a look at your team and work out the split of players that are going to be playing round 12, round 13, round 14. Divide that into your premiums, okay? So, yep. figure out which premiums you're going to be able to rely on week in, week out through those buy rounds. Then, consider the mid prices that you plan on holding through those buy rounds, but also identify the ones that you then plan on offloading after their buy round. So, it's it's hard to- I hope I'm making sense here. Um, Try and wrap my head around Rookies, it. when you divide them up now, are not going to be relevant because in round 12, barring maybe a Golden or a Powell or a Warner, you're not going to have these rookies there. So, disregard rookies. Okay. What I would say now at round six, look at your team. What's the split? If you are heavily on- what, if you're heavy on one buy round- then yes, okay, time to start making some moves to even out the spread. But if you're not, then maybe it helps you make a decision. But right now, I think you're probably worrying a little bit too much. All right, we might return to that in future weeks as well, but that's good advice for the short term. It's a good precursor because buy around planning does start now and it does start over the next two weeks. It just depends what situation your team is in, I think. For me, my strategy always- it's just 18 green dots. Yeah. I don't try to overcomplicate it. The buy rounds are hard. Don't be confused. They're hard to navigate. So, if I can have 18 green dots week in, week out, generally, that's better than 70% of the competition, I've realized. Yeah. I think it's been a uh, talking with statesmen in the past over the years. He generally makes a huge jump during the buy rounds and it is, it is where- Coaches that are really serious about it can make a huge leap over the the general competition, I guess, is is really looking towards those buy rounds. And that's why I sort of just mentioned, I think, yeah, just having a thought in the back of your mind, like you're saying, uh, it's really good to look at your premiums. That's what I'll be doing right now. If you've got the if you've got the fantasy coach, you can use the buy detector um, on there. Yep. And if not, just I guess write it down on a little piece of paper or whatever and and have a look. And yeah, it is handy to know. I think I think I've got a nice little balance looking at my uh, little colours here on the buy detector. But but make no mistake, uh, the buy rounds are the time to jump in rankings. So I couldn't I couldn't actually give a stuff if someone's ranked five hundred right now. Yep. I couldn't give a stuff if they're ranked ten thousand. Well, that's to- where I am, Louis. So that makes a lot. Thank you. I, for I want to that. know what they're ranked after round fourteen because there's plenty of time to cock it up before the buys, and then there's plenty of opportunity to cock it up during the buys. So after that, um, that's when we can start getting a nice idea of how we're going as a fantasy side. Beautiful. Louis, show me the money. Show me the money! 
Okay, Louis, these are your top five rookie candidates based on break-even job security. We generally exclude the incredibly highly owned guys as well that have had their cash rise already, like, you know, originally in the in the early days, your Gouldens and your Warners. But these are also players under $300,000. So, maybe a guy like Archie Perkins, I think he's still actually a really nice option, but he's not in this show me the money segment because we're looking at guys under 300000 and it's based on job security and break even. So, all those things weighed up. Your top five, they're not in top five order. They're just in five, aren't they? Yeah, it's just five. So, uh, first of all, we've got Miles Bergman, who was there for a lot of coaches in round one with Errol Gordon and Chad Warner. The reason he's back is because he was dropped for two games. He came back, he was about 229K with a with a low break even. Yeah. Well, he returned and he, he came back, he dished up a 69 or something like that. Yep. Nice. 273K minus eight break even. He's my number one this week because he made 50K this week. I think he can make 40K next. Job least. security. Beautiful. It's there. It's there now. Trust me. Yeah. Louis, Louis knows. Louis knows when it comes to port. All right. It's there. Job security. All right. Who's your next player on Show Me The Money? Number two is someone I debated putting here. I know it's not ranked, but uh, he was always going to be in the five. Uh, what am I saying? Finlay McRae. Yes. Is an option. Has to be an option. I went early last week. 247K. I'm glad you went early because he's going to play every single game for the rest of the year, yeah. I think. And he's going to he's going to be stellar. Uh, once he was thrown into the midfield in that fourth quarter, he was great. 32 points. 32, 32 points, points in the last yeah. quarter. Re- Considering he only scored 50-odd for the game, that's I was huge. about to say, he was ordinary up till then based on role, but when he was thrown in there, he thrived. So, I like Finn May McRae. I think he had about 10 CBAs. He's too, got so. a 20 break even. You can wait. You can still wait. So, that's why I've got Miles Bergman ahead of him and why, if I was in another coach's situation, I'd be picking my next player first, and that's Bo McCreary. So, he's got a minus two break even. He's at 240K. And what we've seen from Bo McCreary is that, first of all, he can tackle. Yeah. He's a really good tackler, Inside and that's, 50, I think tackles. that's why he's in the team. So, he's going to have five to six tackles each week. But now he can hit the scoreboard. We knew he could hit the scoreboard in BFL. But he did it in AFL and he kicked some really good goals on the weekend. So, I love Bo McCreary. He was someone that I'd earmarked in the preseason. So, maybe there's a little bit of bias showing through, but uh, he's someone that I would be targeting this week too. Yeah, that's. that's I looked at him last week. He played pretty low time on ground in his first week, but he nailed those tackles, as you're saying. And um, yeah, following another stellar week, you know, uh, and his time on ground actually bumped up. And it was a tough game against West Coast. He still managed to 59. His time on ground jumped 16%, maybe thanks to the early injury from Dugowie. But yeah, his tackling was still there. Got the three tackles, four marks, upped his marks and managed to hit the scoreboard. So, Interesting that, that the time on ground jumped on a bigger oval as well, actually. Well, I think it was just the injuries. How and how and yeah, Dugowie, yeah, he, he was bound to get it. It might come back down to earth in the in the Anzac Day clash. But So next up's a bit left field, but Ooh. I've received a squirt. Oh, you have. Tom Highmore. Tom Highmore. Is he back for us this week? I don't know. I can't, I can't <laughs> confirm it. I can't confirm it. But <laughs> it's not like the port. It's not like the port inside uh, inside sort of gossip. Well, I don't it's- like confirming port news either because I don't want to be that guy that- <laughs> But- Don't yeah. want to get in trouble with, you, with your sources there, Louis. Yeah, that's it. But um, Tom Highmore, I uh, have been- Fairly reliably told, we'll be back this week. Uh, 240K has the one break even and obviously that defender status, which is where some coaches like you, Doss, don't yes. have that cover. So, I think once Tom Highmore does return, 
think he gets a few games at it because Saints dished up a miserable performance versus Richmond. Yeah. Who's your final player or your number five on Show Me The Money? So, number five, I couldn't really split. Um, Waterman, I have just ahead at 256K. He's yep. got the 12 break even. So, he's a mature age. You can still jump on him. Uh, he's he's not going to set the world on fire. He's probably going to be a 50 averaging rookie. But Yeah, see, I'd prefer paying 50K extra and getting in Archie Perkins. I just think his he's ceiling's yeah. higher. Um, and you can play him on field. His job security is going to be there. I think they're just going to play the kids. Yeah, and you can put him on field with pretty com- fairly good confidence. Getting an 80-point game last week's really sort of got me excited on uh, on. It, it's funny because with my rookie structure, I've always favoured the cheaper guy. Yeah. Always. And generally, it's worked because, as we know, when players do go up in price, their break-even gets scaled accordingly. So, if Archie Perkins dishes out a 90 this week, yes, his break-even is going to go down. But if, let's say, Finlay McRae goes 90 this week, their break-even is going to have a 10-point difference. Yeah. I'd still so, go- Yeah, that's probably- so, But the- I understand what you're saying. And, and by all means, Archie Perkins is going to be a much better option on field, which is why you might pick Finlay McRae first out of all these rookies. Or yeah. Ber- Bergman you can put on field as well, but Finlay McRae- Okay, I reckon I can get a 60-plus out of him, which I'd is enough like, I'd probably be similar to you in that Bergman, McRae, but then I'd tend to, over all these guys here, maybe a McCreary, but then I'd, I'd be starting to look at um at Archie Perkins. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Like, from- maybe be keen to spend up. For a, a rare case where we'd spend over 300K, I think he's one of the guys I might consider it. Definitely. Maybe going in the future, I should actually say- whether or not they're a candidate on yeah. field. So, Bo McCreary, I wouldn't put on field. Tom Highmore, I wouldn't put on field. And Waterman, I wouldn't put on field. Another one I like is R2. Obviously, another uh, mature ager. R2 being R2 Boston of Alagi. Oh, very well done. Thank you very much. Just in case we got confused with a Ruck 2. Yeah. Um, he's 224K, nine break even. Don't mind him considering the preseason, but- uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a sexy pick. And special mentions to Jordan Sweet, who probably goes out this week with Martin returning. Yeah, you'd and think uh, so. Jai Farah, Farah, who yeah. I played a bit of footy with, Doss. You did. And what? He's not an option because a lot of. He was. He's uh, not sold on the job security. Second game, he played. He was playing in defense. And I think he's previously been a forward for them, um, as far as I know. So, so it was only his second game. And we know how uh, the Gold Coast defense is sharing it around just plus sixes all over the shop. Played pretty well. And and Stewie Jew actually announced it as his career-defining game. I think he said that to the lads Did at really? halftime. Well, okay. He said that to the, the group at halftime when they were performing poorly. He's like, look, this is a, you know, something like a career-defining game for, for Farah. Is that- well, maybe He's the, a guy that I've looked at. Maybe the job security is there then. A they're, lot they're of their defenders the well, They're going to swing the axe this week. But um, look, Jai Farrow got to mention because I just haven't looked into him much, to oh, be honest. I <laughs> didn't really consider Bloody him. Bloody played with him and can't define the time to have a look. Well, Chris Burgess didn't get much of a mention <laughs> from me either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's time to target, Louis. Um, based on break-even, fixture, top six, whatever we want. Who's it time to target this week? I really like Jack Crisp, mate. Uh, He's got Essendon, Gold Coast and North next. He's absolutely setting the world on fire, playing in a midfield role. And even when he's not, which he wasn't as much on the weekend, he still dishes out a 124. So, I really like Jack Crisp. And he's always been a top six defender at various stages. I think last year, sorry, the year before last year, it clicked. Yeah. And then last year it was 
bit tricky for and him, but end of last year clicked again. With Jack Crisp, you wait till he gets hot as well. I mean, I started with him, which was probably a mistake, but you always, with Crisp, he goes on a stretch and he goes bang, 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 bang. He, Bes- he often does that. Besides Lloyd, is there a, maybe Laird now, uh, is there a defender that can reach the ceiling of Jack Crisp? Jack Siebel. <laughs> Jack Siebel, yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, maybe he has, but- but, yeah, Jack Crisp, I mean, historically has been this defender who's been a bit of a unicorn, as you like to say, Dossie, yep. in that he can score 150 on yeah. a nice matchup, and you don't get that from many defenders. So, I really like Jack Crisp, and you got a, you got that matchup too, is fantastic. you got another one there too to target, do you? Yeah, I've got Callum Ward. So, this is for a slightly different reason. He's extremely cheap based on what he's done in the past. So, he's a 90 guy historically. Priced at 73, so he's he's 15 points unders yeah. minimum based on what he's done. I think, you know, maybe that's 10 points because he's getting a bit old, but there's mm. still upside there. So, if you're if you're ditching a James Jordan this week or a Braden Campbell, then I don't mind just going up to Callum Ward, who's a little bit cheaper, bit 540K, stone. who's got the dogs with a bit of a grudge match. I think that was his old team. But yep. then he's got Adelaide, Essendon and Richmond who give up plenty of marks. So, I really like Callum Ward moving forward too. Like that one. Uh, my options here to target, time to target. I had Jack Zebel in there and I know his, his price is, is heavy, but we've seen so much already. And just remembering what Luke McDonald did and I, and I brought him into my team last year, Luke McDonald, when he was running hot and it was just a weekly beautiful score that you'd get from McDonald. Every now and then he dropped down, but he made up for it the next week with a monster score. And I think that's what we're seeing from Zebel. You know, his his floor is still pretty high, like an 80 or a 90, and then he'll go bang. And it's when he goes bang that you are just getting a huge advantage over the competition. And um, overall, it just levels out. I was looking at um, what we have available to us. Well, he's actually a forward, which is the, the biggest thing here. In, in terms of forwards with 100 plus potential so there's looking at just the spread of scorers across the competition there's 12 defender eligible players averaging over 100 in their last three so this is just looking at the last three game sample there's 26 non-dpp pure midfielders so we see midfielders again you know racking up the hundreds there's only four forwards in the last three to be averaging over 100 and that's dunkley zorko tex who's dropped off a little bit on the weekend, and then Jack Zeeble. So, I just think Jack Zeeble is providing you heaps of value up forward for his price. So, he's my guy to target this week. I also have a defender option that's a little bit cheaper, and that's Luke Ryan. Um, We spoke about Dyson Heppel as well, but we've already talked about him. Luke Ryan, Coach Longmuir said in Fremantle's post-match presser that with Griffin Logue entering the side, did did you catch this, Louis? I think I did catch you mention something in, so the, Griff- in the group chat. Griffin Logue entering the side, it freed up Luke Ryan to play more freely and launching attack from defensive 50. So, he scored 113 with 21 kicks and 10 marks. We know he's one of these guys that has a bit of a ceiling as well. Bit of a topsy-turvy ride sometimes with Ryan. But if that is something that they're looking to do now, he's 613000 Great price. So, he's a really good price. He's a guy that I'm looking to target right now. Louis, time to sell. Who you got? I've got uh, I've got Jordan Goey yeah. and Jordan Clark. I think now's the time to sell, just based on basically we don't know if Clark's going to be back next week, and Jordan Goey won't be back next week. But I'm just not buying what he's producing at the moment. So they're my main two to sell. I'm not going to elaborate too much. I think it's pretty obvious why yeah. you want to get rid of those two. But I've got another option. Yeah, 
and it's any of Jordan, Campbell, Golden, Berry, Warner, all these rookies, they're fat now. Yeah. So, you Cash look at their break-evens and, yes, they're going to make 10, 15K next week, but you can go early now. So, don't be afraid to trade a, a Chad Warner if it means getting an absolute uber premium. Now, I recommend probably picking these guys off based on scoring potential. So, you might go, okay, Barry, you're first, Campbell's next, Jordan, then Warner, then Golden opposite. But these guys, I mean, you're not going to get anywhere holding a rookie yeah. a week longer. In fact, you, you're going to- It's it's really- I don't know how to say this. You're going to disadvantage yourself not jumping on a, okay, let's go Golden to McRae, Jackson McRae this week. Jackson? Yeah, Jackson. If you can do it, then do it. You know, this, this is what I'm saying. So, yeah. these guys, they don't- You don't owe them any sort of- Reason to be in your side, basically. I'm really just stumbling over my words here. But <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Basically, yeah. what I'm saying is don't be afraid to trade these guys early. Even if they're going to get- I traded Jordan last week and I knew I was going to cop a little bit of a cash drop, but I'm trying to get now ahead and try and get a trade ahead up my sleeve. So, when other people are trying to get rid of Jordan, I'm trying to get rid of one of my guys that's killing me on the bench like a meek or something like that. I just want to get these guys off. And by getting rid of Jordan last week for Finlay, I'm now a trade sort of ahead in that regard. So Exactly. And uh, using Callum Morden as example before, uh, all week I was seriously considering Jordan up to Ward. That immediately mm. was a 20-point difference. I don't have to worry about whether or not Callum Wards could be named next week. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, my mum was just Geordie Clark because I think he will get dropped to the twos now after not getting any Ks in the legs in uh, playing as the sub this week. Usually they drop him down for a week and let him have a run. Um, who do we stay strong with, Louis? Stay I, strong with. I struggled for this one, Doss, because I like to stay strong with my players. I yeah. back them in. Um, Oleg Markov was someone that I saw was on the trade table quite yeah. a bit last week, which- Surprise me. Um, I think a couple of 60s does that sometimes. Yeah, it does do it. But he's at, he, he was probably at a price tag where, okay, I can cut this guy's scoring 60s. But what do we see on the weekend? 102 and yeah. the Suns got torched. Yeah. How often are the Suns going to get torched this year, Doss? Oh, maybe a bit if they don't bring in Braden Ferroni. Uh, and yeah. historically, the Suns just fade out entirely towards the second half of the season. So, look, I think Oleg Markov, the footy's going to be around him. Yeah. He's not someone that you have to trade straight away. So, a uh, bit of a piss take on that one, really. I think most people were holding Oleg Markov, certainly after his 102, but just sort of reiterating the fact that, hey, this guy is in a really nice role for the team he's playing. I had Jordan Degoe as my stay strong with, and it's it's a, it's kind of a stupid one, but I think if you've got the luxury, not if, it, maybe if you don't have the luxury is what I mean, in that if you've got- cover or if you think you can fix your team in other ways. I don't know why we'd bother getting rid of a guy that's going to be rookie priced. He's got Gold Coast and North Melbourne when he returns from concussion. And at least we saw him play a little bit in midfield, even though he did bang his schnoz and didn't really touch the ball much. I I think it's just, it's your theory of last week with Caleb Daniel. You don't lose money on players you don't trade. And that's just where I'm at with Jordan to go. He's done so little for me that I'm like, well, why don't I just treat him like a rookie now? And if he gets his price back and gets up to a 600K again in five weeks, then I think fixing other areas of my team personally is going to be a bit better in the in the short term. And I think I said last week, now you've copped it. So, you've copped Jordan to goey mm. and all his poor scoring. So, if I'm looking at the stats, I go, okay, Jordan to currently averaging less than his debut season. 
Okay. <laughs> Jordan Ngoa currently averaging over 10 points less than his uh, best season after his debut season. So, this bloke is underpriced based on every single data point that we have. He is playing terribly. So, maybe that's why you get rid of him. But on the contrary, how much worse can he get? I don't know. Maybe he goes to jail. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right. We'll get to our listener questions. They're, they're coming up next. We've, we've gone too long, so we'll skip a few segments here. But listener questions coming up next. But if you appreciate the work we're putting into the podcast each week, each week, please consider becoming a member of the Keeper League pod, who are the sponsors of this show. Um, in return for signing up, members receive AFL fantasy projections, state league fantasy scores, weekly updates of the Keeper League's breakout tracker, and advanced center bounce attendance tables to sort through, as well as other great premium resources for AFL fantasy classic draft and Keeper Leagues. All we do is head to keeperleaguepod.com.au or we've got a link in the description of the show as well and you can sign up there and make sure you uh, let them know that the pod pod sent you you can uh, select who uh, which show you listen to more and we'll just come up there and uh, let the pod pod uh, let the keeper league pod know that the pod pod's doing their job here Uh, all right we'll get on to our listener questions now louis from the twitter sphere and there's a heap of questions coming through as always we'll get to as many as we can here Um, this one first from matt mottram Help, I had Daniel and now Ridley. Whew, that's that's Sucks, a rough yeah. mixture there. Do I hold or use some DPP action to bring in Lockie Neal or someone else you'd recommend? Um, have to shift hind back there. But he says he can basically afford Neal or Trelaw while holding Ridley. So, I'd suggest holding Ridley, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, what what's Daniel got to do with it? Is he- So, he was just he's saying he's, he, he's annoyed that he had Caleb Daniel last oh, okay. week. And no, no, no I'd just keep it. Just keep it. Would you bring in Neil or Trelaw while holding Ridley? I'd bring in Lockie Neil first. All right. Rowing the boat wants to know, why do I play this game? I don't know. If you figure it out, rowing the boat, tell me. Please. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> out. We've got a lot of questions. I've got to get I gotta scroll right to the top here, Lou Dog, so we don't miss too many questions. All right. Soul Man. Should we focus on points on the field and upgrade? Upgrade to fallen premiums or fix up non-playing rookies um, like Robertson, Fullerton. Don't want to fall behind the competition, but also worried about bench cover and cash generation. So, it's something we've really touched on the last few weeks, but where do you sit on that? Yeah, so it depends on your position, I think. Uh, when I was ranked 700 just a mere two weeks ago, I opted to go the double downgrade, which worked for me. Um, sorry, I ended up being ranked 700 after that double downgrade because I was in a good position, but- this week, I did the opposite because I was ranked sort of outside that 3,000 and I decided, oh, I better go for it and get some points on field. So, I think um, have a look at where you're at in terms yeah. of your scoring, not necessarily your ranking. And also, if you do have a lot of red dots, I'm talking three, four, five, then yeah, that that is the option. You have to fix those. All right, Craig, sub-dub. Is Scholl still worth trading in at his price? He needs a replacement for No, he's Clark. not. No, nah, unfortunately, the the boat's been missed on Scholl. Like I said, at 566K, doesn't take much to spend up and actually get yourself a keeper. If you think Scholl can be a keeper, go Could for he it. Could he be? He's just a kilometre machine. He just runs all day. He can get out on the wing, get yeah, those cheap marks. I worry that Adelaide are probably overperforming at the moment. Yeah. Yep, fair. All right, Berkey, is it time to fix rookies or- 
Oh, here we go. I think we've got exactly the same question. Is it time to fix rookies for cover or chase points with premium upgrades? Uh, looking at Mitchell, Neil, Gaff, etc., versus getting in Lockie Jones, Finlay McRae uh, for the likes of Meek, Robertson, Highmore. So, kind of covered that before. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you basically more than three red dots. I would be looking at fixing up. All right. Mad as Mel. Hey, guys, love the show. Thanks, Mad as Mel. Is it time for Caleb Sarong to go? Um, What did he do on the weekend, Doss? He was another 70s. He's a, he's a luxury trade to get rid of, but at his price tag, if you can get rid of him, then yeah, for sure. I think you can the get up to not gonna, just about the anybody. Not you can there. go down to somebody. Better. I think he's like an automatic starter next year or- if he gets a bump sometime this year. I don't think he'll get the time and ground bump this year. It's round six. Probably a failed pick. Move him on. Yeah. Oscar, which rookies need to go first? In order, Campbell, Cozzy, Brockman, Jordan, Scott, Hunter, Robertson. Uh, uh, okay. So- um, Hunter won't play. Hunter won't play. Yeah. If, Robertson if won't play much. Cozzy will play, but will only score 40. Campbell's getting tired. We'll only average about maybe 50 to 55 from here. Time to get off him. Uh, who were the other ones? Uh, Brockman, Jordan, Scott. Brockman was managed this week. He'll be back next week. I'd hold him. Scott keeps finding a way to stay in the team now that Bailey Williams has hurt his collarbone. Looks like he might have that mm. spot still. And Barry? Uh, no, nah, Barry wasn't in there. Uh, what was the last one? Robertson. No, nah, I've already said him. Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, get rid of Jordan. All right, Timothy J, Duncan or Jared Lyons? Feeling Lyons might be higher average long term. So Sorry, what was that? It was- Mitch Duncan or Jared Lyons? I think Mitch, Mitch Duncan's Duncan under an injury Jared. cloud. I'm still trying to process that last question. I would go I would go Mitch Duncan, I think. I think he's actually under an injury oh, cloud. he is, yeah. Potentially. Just, just keep an eye on that, Timothy. And if you're already leaning Lyons, maybe that's your can, answer. Can, can you go wrong with either? They're both guys that sort of go at 105 plus. What I'd say with- Seriously unique- what I'd say there with Timothy, though, if you're feeling Lions might average higher long-term, just go with your gut on that. you just got to back yourself in. So, go Lions. That's what you think. Yep. Um, RJ, Fife, Kelly, now that they both have forward status, um, just question mark. What do you, you, we've talked about them. We, we like both options, really. Uh, maybe wait a bit longer on Kelly and you can jump on Fife now. Yeah. So, um, those guys will automatically just be injected into that top six forward um, scenario. So, yeah, 100% target them over the next few weeks or, you know, just throughout the year. Uh, double downgrade this week, Finlay McRae and Bergman to cash up for next week in order to get a Brad Crouch and Neil Trelaw type. This is from Crafty McBeerface. Um, what's, uh, but the best he can get if he's trading up for a rookie is Ward or Heppel. So, would you prefer to wait a week and go to the double downgrade to get the big dog next week or um, get a Ward or a Heppel this week? I probably would wait, but I don't mind the Heppel option if you think he can be a top six defender. Yeah. Finlay McRae, really Bergman, like they're two really- They were both in your top five though. So Yeah, maybe. yeah. It's it's tricky. Um, I think that it's hard to go wrong with a double downgrade because you're just postponing your problem the next week if, in the best way possible. So, I think if you're a little bit confused between both scenarios, maybe double downgrade and be a little bit happier with an Uber premium next week. Cameron, Cameron Mitchell, time to get rid of Campbell from Sydney, Clark and Philip, or focus on bench. Uh, no, nah, get rid of them. Yeah, yeah, using the cash. Use the cash and it's get a lot of cash to players. sit there. 
Um, this will be our last question. Uh, I think Louis, Louis loves getting on the tweets. He'll answer the rest if, if you don't mind, Louis. Yeah, so if um, any listeners, actually yeah. at Louis AF on Twitter and I'll, I'll be able to get back to it. Yeah, I'll, I'll get you to trow through these ones and uh, get to the ones we didn't answer as well, uh, Louis. Frio Girl wants to know, though, this week I went to the danger zone and found him very underwhelming, dropped heaps of cash with a high break even, is his injury likely to be an ongoing issue or will he come good? Yeah, I actually saw this question. Uh, I was going to reply to it. Hold danger. So, um, unless you- I mean, you probably didn't hold him for three weeks, I'm assuming, when he was in, suspended. Yeah. So, that's three trades, basically, to get it, to get him out, then get him in, and then get him out again. You keep danger and just trust that he's going to be 105 averaging forward, which, which he will be. Perfect. And I'll pester Louis to go answer those rest of the Twitter questions we didn't get to. I'll make sure he gets to that because um, I'm too lazy myself to do it. But uh, no, nah, well, you want Louis' advice anyway, don't you? That's what the listeners want. No, not at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. But remember to leave a rating and review as well. Now, we have we said last week we're going for an outrageous tally of 220 ratings. Um that's the target for the end of May. So, we've only got a month to get there, Louis. I think we, we might be in a bit of strife there. But we did manage to get up to the 27 ratings and we got a bunch of reviews as well um, coming through on the iTunes. So, we do appreciate Legends. everyone uh, sending those through. So, we have said that those people that leave a rating but then also leave a review, um, we wanted them to use the hashtag thirsty for observable thirst. Um and you go into the running to win a pair of size 11 training worn career savers, Louis. That's huge, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna get we're gonna get me, Louis, Hef and Cage from the Keeper League um, to sign them if we if we somehow manage to can, get to Can we make them game worn? Game worn. Can oh, we make them game worn? They're too big for me. That's the whole point. Uh, I can't wear them in a game. So I might be able to squeeze in. You reckon you'll be able to squeeze in? And what size are they? <laughs> size 11. I'm um, size 14. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Dog. With a, Jesus, a big, big boots there uh, for Lou Dog. Um, the reason we're doing 220, that's how much money I wasted uh, on getting the wrong size shoe. Uh, for those that don't know, but uh, if you, yeah, if we if we manage to get there, otherwise I might just uh, if we don't get 220 by the end of May, I might try and get a bit of resale on on those. But if we do, then we'll be giving them away to one lucky listener. So get those reviews coming in. These one, this one comes from Captain Fantasy. He says top stuff like uh, Russell Coit there. Um, love the Synthwave theme song. Great name for the show. Keep up the great hashtag pod pod. That's from Captain Fantasy. Oh, a bit of uh, dog barking from Baz in the yeah. background there, Louis. There you go. Barry. Uh, from Big Baz. Uh, this one from Culprit381. Fantasy Gold. Love your work, boys. Very enjoyable listening. This one from Mubby or Chol. Uh, he loves the show. Oh, shit. Says pod, pod, pod. Nasty pod. Hashtag thirsty. So, there's just a handful of uh, reviews. We'll get to a few more in the coming weeks. But thanks, everyone for listening. I hope you're enjoying the show and we'll see you next week. See you later, guys.